Hello, welcome to another podcast today. I want to share something with you today and it has to do with your life. It has to do with your environment. It has to do with everything around you. I want to share with you on how you can get back what you have lost. I want to show you through this message today how to get back what you have lost. Now, the beautiful thing is this. No matter what you lost that God gave to you, you can have it back. If it's yours, you can have it back. So, I'm going to share this and I pray that you would listen and be blessed. I pray for you that your heart will be open to receive the truth of God's word. Not man's word, but God's word. I pray that the anointing will rest upon you even as you listen to this message. Because it is a message from God himself. A very important message. Because the question question of whether or not whether you can receive back what you've lost whether it is lost forever needs to be asked and needs to be answered and i'm praying and hoping that you would get the message i pray that that question will be answered for you during this message amen The first person to lose something, the first man to lose anything was Adam. And he lost control of the earth. He lost a lot. And that was the biggest loss for the Adamic race. So, in order to understand how we can get back what we have lost we need to understand what a loss is what losing is and the technicalities of a loss what makes it possible for a man to lose you need to know what makes it possible for a loss to take place in the first place so this i would endeavor to do now you have to understand that a loss or any other event or activity that takes place on earth or anywhere in creation is on the basis of law nothing happens that was not having the capacity to happen Humans have choice. They have the ability to make choice, to make choices. God built into man the ability to choose what he will. But just because man can make choices and decisions, you can make a choice. Just because you can doesn't doesn't mean you can control the outcome of your choices. Every choice we make comes with 
resultant effects, results that follows our decisions, our actions. Our actions are for us to choose. And once we have made the choice and acted upon our choice, the result of that choice, that action, cannot be altered. In other words, once you choose a course of action and you go with it, you take it, you would get what comes with that decision. Definitely, you will. So, that means you are supposed to make decisions based on the outcome you want. Every decision and course of action has its results. So, based on the results that follows a certain or any action, you make your choice based on that. I hope you're hearing me. If you decide to eat and you decide to eat something that is not healthy or you eat too much of a healthy food, what happens? It will show in your body. If making your body unhealthy is your plan, then you have to eat unhealthily. Definitely. If your plan is to have a very good health, you have to make sure that you make decisions that will produce a good health. Definitely. That's the way it goes. And since no sensible person would want to get results that is detrimental to them, they will definitely avoid making choices that would lead to unhealthy results. So, choice is important. And for every action, there's a resultant effect. So, there is, the choice is not the end. It is a means to an end. The end is what determines the means. If the end is good and you want it, you go for the choice, the means that leads to that end. So, our choices are part of our lives. God made man to be able to make choices. God leaves the decision to man. God provides information to man. And man makes decisions on what to do. The very first action taken by a man on earth was to decide what names to call the animals God made. Because we see in Genesis chapter 2, God made the animals, he made the beasts, he made the cattle, he made 
all of them and brought them to Adam. And Adam chose names for each animal. God did not tell him what names to call them. So Adam is seen here to be making choices. He was built to do so. And that's exactly what he did. So what I'm saying to you is this. God does not stop you from making a choice. He doesn't force you to make a choice. It doesn't. That's not his way. He doesn't. He advises, he counsels, he informs so that you can make the choice. All right. So how did the first loss on earth take place? The first loss on earth was what happened to Adam when he fell. So, but I'm trying to share with you how that loss was a legal loss. It had to be legal for it to exist, to stand. It had to be legal. It had to be possible. Nothing is impossible in nature. Now, listen, I'm not talking about human uh, laws. I'm not talking about civil laws. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about natural laws. I'm talking about the laws of nature. I'm talking about the laws God wrote into creation. That's what I'm talking about. Not the laws of man, not civil laws, not traffic laws, not not human policies. No, none of that. I'm talking about the laws of nature, the laws of the spiritual realm. That's what I'm talking about. For 18 to take place, it had to be legal. Yes, it had to be legal. So, Adam's fall was legal. Otherwise, the devil would not have been able to take over. Because he lost his place to the devil. He lost his place. And it had to be legal for it to stand. Say also, I'll tell you. Because the transaction that brought the fall was possible. If it is possible, let me explain what I mean by it has to be possible for it, you know, to even take place. I'll tell you. You do know that if you are looking at OSs, operating systems of phones or uh, computers. You know you cannot put an Android app, an Android program on an iOS. You cannot. There are different operating systems. You cannot. It's not possible. It can't exist there. It has to be written to be able to exist on an iOS and it will not be an Android program. It will be an iOS program. Program with, I think they call it Xcode now. Okay. So, 
same way nothing can happen on earth that is not legal legal means the program the operating system of the universe allows such a thing to take place because of choice so many things were legal that's the way it is and i'm going to explain just bear with me just listen you'll get this satan could not the serpent could not come and rest authority away from the hand of adam no he can't he doesn't have the ability he didn't have the ability to just take authority from adam he couldn't because god gave the authority to adam he gave it to the man so you just can't walk up to him and take it out of his hands you just can't walk up to him and tell him to leave the throne no it has to be done legally in other words adam had to give it up adam had to give it up because the authority on the earth no longer was resident with god it was it was now given to adam Adam had the authority over all the earth and over all things that God created. Yes, he demonstrated that when he named the animals. That's what he did. He exercised authority and dominion when he named the animals. He took ownership of the earth. His first action was to demonstrate authority. That all the animals, all the beasts of the field had to obey him. He named each one of them. So no animal, no devil could walk up to him and take that from him. It was inbuilt in him. So what could the devil do? He had to do it legally. So where was the law written Genesis chapter 2 thou mayest eat of all the trees from the fruit of the trees of the garden but you cannot eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it became a law to do that he said you will die the day you eat thereof, you would die. So all the devil needed to do was to get man to eat. The moment he ate, the moment he fell, then a vacancy would exist to be occupied by whoever takes responsibility. So, the loss of the earth was a legal transaction. Yes, there was deception. There was seduction. But, it was legal. Because if you break the law, the serpent would bite. If you break the wall, the serpent would bite. Remember God told him, keep the garden, dress it. Keep means guard the garden. If you don't guard the garden, that means the power to guard the garden was given to Adam. The power 
an ability to keep the garden was given to Adam. So Adam had responsibility to keep out intruders. But he didn't. He allowed them in and he lost his place to the serpent. That's what happened. It was a legal transaction. It was given to him by Adam. Satan, the serpent, got legal ownership to run the earth from Adam. So it was a legal transaction that produced that loss. It is a loss for Adam. It was a gain to the serpent. I hope you're following me. So nothing will ever happen on this earth. That was not able to happen. If you know how the earth functions, the laws that governs the earth, the physical laws, the spiritual laws, the unknown laws, if you would know them, you can use them and manipulate the earth. Yeah, if you know them. That's the reason why people command the sun, command the moon, command things on earth. And those who don't know about this have, you know, they are onlookers, victims of such manipulations. And there's nothing about the earth that's not written in the scriptures. Not just the earth, but the heavens as well that God gave to man. The laws are clearly written. You may not know their laws. That's why you need the Holy Ghost to show you the laws. They look so simple, you don't even know their laws. And you won't know, except your heart is truly for God. Then you will recognize those laws. Remember how it is how easy it was for Adam to name the animals. Nobody told him what names to call them. He knew. He was one with God. He was in agreement with God. So he knew what names to call them. He knew things, not by being taught but he brought it from within because God had built those abilities and the knowledge in him. Ecclesiastes tells us that he has set eternity in their hearts. He built it in there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, the things of a man. No one knows the things of a man except the spirit of man in him. So there is a depth of knowledge in man that man can bring out from. Okay. So, the transaction was legal. Adam fell legally and there was nothing God could do about it. So, Adam fell. So, the loss was a legal transaction, a valid transaction. That is why God could not get it back except Jesus came to die. Because the fall demanded that death takes place whoever falls must die and it's not just physical death it's also spiritual death that's why jesus had to die spiritually and physically when he died he was able to pay the debts of sin that man adam hold so you have to get this so how do you regain what was lost the same way God got it back through the death of his son. So how is that? I'll tell you something. Nobody could get anything back since the fall. Nobody. 
Nobody. Until Jesus came and got it back. So how do you apply this to you? Remember this. He did it not for himself. He did it for us that would believe him. So what do you do to get back what was lost? Simple. Be born again. Receive him who was able to get back what was lost. So, legally, Jesus got back what Adam lost and much more. Jesus did not just get back what Adam lost. Jesus got back what Adam had not yet gotten, which he didn't get because of the loss. So he got what he lost and what he had not yet taken a hold of. He got everything. When he got everything, he got it for us. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have a right to full restoration. You have the right to full recovery. You have a right to get back everything that was lost by Adam, everything he didn't get that he could have gotten, and everything you, that belongs to you, that you have lost, you get it back immediately. So, I want to take you to Romans, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 it says and christ has been made unto us wisdom he has been made unto us righteousness sanctification and redemption the word i want to bring out there is redemption he has been made unto us redemption what does that mean it means that those four things which are very important for us. Jesus Christ had achieved those four things on our behalf. So, when we received Christ, we received Christ who has been made unto us wisdom, who has been made unto us righteousness, who has been made unto us redemption, who has been made unto us sanctification. Those four things. So, but I'm talking about redemption now. And redemption means to buy back. To pay a ransom to get what was taken. To pay back what was hold. To get back what was lost. Legally. Yeah, legally. That's why in Isaiah it says, I can the lawful captive be set free. So he's a lawful captive. Man became a lawful captive. And Jesus came to get it back. So for you and I, once we have Christ as the head, who has been made unto us redemption, the moment you notice you have lost anything, hold on to him. Christ receives back for you whatever it is you've lost so let me give you an example let's say as a born again child of God okay let me start with you are not born again the moment you get born again what you get is everything Christ got that's for you everything now you are born again you don't know everything about the word of God you are growing and of, I mean your chances of making mistakes <laughs> is there 
the chances of making mistakes exist. And yeah, man, you make mistakes. So when you make mistakes, you will break the law. I'm talking about uh, th- those laws, you know, uh, whatever you sow, you reap. Uh, I mean, you that does this, we get this. They are stated all over scriptures. You know, they are there. But remember, Christ has been made unto you what? Righteousness. So in other words, you don't claim your righteousness, you claim his righteousness. And the righteous will always get the results that God wants for them. So while you cannot claim to be righteous by your own self, you can claim Christ as your righteousness. And because Christ is your righteousness, whatever a righteous man would get from God, you can claim based on the righteousness of Christ because he has been made unto you righteousness. Right? Okay. So because of that, nobody can ever disqualify you based on unrighteousness because you are holding on to righteousness. The Bible tells us that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for what? Righteousness. Not because he did the righteous thing. The only righteous thing he did was to believe God. In the normal human sense, he sinned. I mean, come on, the guy was a sinner. But all he needed to do to be a righteous man before God was to believe God. And Abraham believed God. All you need to do before God to be righteous is not by doing all your good works. Those are nice. Do them. Good. Do good. Come on. The Bible says do good. Yeah. It's okay. Do good. But for you to become righteous before God, all you need to do is believe in Jesus Christ. That's all. So if you truly believe Jesus Christ becomes your righteousness and so you can show anybody who would normally have disqualified you because of your own lack of perfection, because of your unrighteousness, you can show the card, your righteousness card, that is Christ. Look, I believe in Christ. He is my righteousness. And because of that, you are qualified. He qualifies you. He did the work, you get to enjoy it. The fruit of his labor. So if you believe in what he did, that means he has become your righteousness. That means even though you don't meet up with the requirements, you are not qualified. But because you believe in Christ, you have received Christ. He has become your righteousness. And based on that righteousness, you are qualified. Now, that's what the Bible tells us. It says, look, those who have received the gift of righteousness. Gift of righteousness. It is a gift. You don't work for it. You just believe and receive it. Christ has become what? That's why I say when you received Christ, Christ is your righteousness. So you have received righteousness. So you are now called what? You are now recognized as a righteous person. Not based on your works, but based on his works. Now, good. So you understand that, right? Okay. So what is redemption? Let me, before I answer that again, let me talk about Christ being made our wisdom. You know, when you read through the Old Testament, you see what is written about the righteous man. The righteous man shall be blessed. The righteous man shall be rich. His children will not suffer and all of these things. And you know that nobody measures up really. So Jesus Christ came and uh, he did everything we couldn't do. And say, look, I've done it on your behalf. Believe once If you believe in me, you can have my righteousness. And once we have his righteousness because we believe in him, then all the things, all the good things of God that requires righteousness becomes ours because of that. Simple. 
Same thing with wisdom. What happens to the wise man? There are benefits to being wise. There are so many terrible things that happen to the fool, to the foolish, and to the fool. Terrible things. So you don't want to be a fool. You don't want to be foolish. You want to be wise, but not wise in your own self. So what do you want? You you need the wisdom of God. And Christ has been made unto us wisdom. So once we accept Christ, we we, we have received the wisdom of God. So we are known as wise. So once you are known as wise, you begin to, if you would accept Christ as your wisdom, what that means, look, it's amazing. Once you believe that, wisdom begins to operate through you. You begin to find yourself making wise decisions that you can't even explain. People will be wondering at how wise and intelligent you are. And it just started by you receiving Christ and receiving him as your wisdom. That is it. It's foolish, right? I know. But that's what it takes. Once you accept him as your wisdom, you find yourself doing things that you can't explain. Wise things. The wisdom of God becomes into operation. It becomes operative in your life, in your decisions. You find yourself doing the right thing. What about sanctification? Same thing. He has been made our what sanctification. So, by that, we sanctification means, you know, it's like holiness. You know, it means separated. You know? separated unto god separated unto you know i mean you are right you are for god you are separated from the world and unto god you are in god you are on the side of god okay it means you are sanctified some will say cleansed yeah cleansed means you are separated from things that are not good you are separated for the from the things of the world so you are separated unto God, unto excellence, unto wisdom, unto beauty, unto joy, unto peace, unto love, unto, unto everything that is God. So you are sanctified, separated unto those things. You are separated unto God. That's why it tells us, say, look, come out from amongst them, my people. and t- Come out and touch no unclean thing. And I will be your father. He is sanctifying you from the world, separating you from the world. So in saying Christ is our sanctification, we couldn't. You see, it means we are separated from death, separated from sickness, separated from failure, separated from greed, separated from envy, from jealousy, separated from evil thoughts. So once we are separated, what we discover is this. Christ, Christ is our sanctification is our sanctification so we are separated from all that is evil we are separated from failure we are separated from sin he becomes our sanctification because of what he did he he has been separated eternally he has gone through the heavens he is now seated on the right hand of power that means we are also seated on the right hand of power and that this is clearly stated in scriptures that we are seated with him on the right hand of power the right hand of god 
far above principalities and powers, above every rule, every dominion, every name. So in being our sanctification is our qualification that we, to sit there above all the evils of life. So if you received Christ, you have received him as your sanctification. You can't do it yourself. He did it for you. So when you received him as your sanctification, if you have the understanding I'm sharing with you today, you when you ever you see something that would disqualify you from the best of God, you remember Christ is my sanctification. Christ is my righteousness. That's your ticket. That's your password to the deep things of God, to the best of God, to the things of God. So let's go now to the fourth one, which is the reason why we are even sharing today, which is Christ has been made unto us redemption. So, what does it mean for him to be made our redemption? We are talking about recovery, right? We're talking about restoration. We're talking about gaining back what was lost. Remember, the ultimate thing for man was regained by Jesus Christ when he died on the cross and resurrected the third day. Buried and resurrected the third day. So that's a, that redemption is forever. It's an eternal redemption that stands. That's to say, by that act of his redeeming us being our redemption it means that in the heavenlies forever all things there's permanent full irreversible redemption it's also like a certificate it means no loss yeah you have to get this it means no loss. I know, I know, I know it sounds <coughs> somehow to you, but it means no loss. You never lose anything. Not sin. Nothing can make you lose anything again. If you received him, if you received Christ as your redemption, it means no loss. Don't let anybody tell you you have lost something. They need to get it back for you. All you need to do to get back whatever was lost before you know this that I'm sharing with you is to receive Christ as your redemption. The moment you do, nothing is lost. Everything is back. Everything is yours. You just discover that they are there. All the devil needs to get anything from you is to make you think you lost it or you don't have it or you don't qualify. And if you believe any of those three, then you cannot use them. And if you can't use them, it becomes available to the enemy because it tells us in Matthew chapter 13, it said, to him that has, more will be given. To him that has not, even that which he has shall be taken away from him. That is a law. Jesus himself said so. So you have to believe it. The moment you receive Christ as your redemption, no loss. You think of something that you should have had, you say, Father, I thank you. It reverts back to you. Instantly in the spirit realm, it's just a matter of time before it manifests on earth. But in the spirit, it's done instantly. Because Christ being made our redemption means 
permanent restoration, permanent recovery, no loss ever again because it is permanent. It is eternal. It's not temporary. It is not for a while. It's not for a season. It's forever. It is done outside of time. So time cannot limit it. Time cannot expire because it has nothing to do with time. It is instant. It is instant. It is always in the now. So the moment you remember that Christ is your redemption, you've noticed that something that used to happen, you don't feel it again. You can find something in your spirit or something. The moment you remember that Christ has been made unto you redemption, you say, Father, I thank you. You just know that you have it. It's not lost. It's with you. It's a permanent thing. A linchpin. It is the way, you know, you, he grabbed it and held, uh, held it. He holds it forever. Meaning that you can never lose anything ever again. As long as Christ is your redemption. This is a very powerful message. If you believe it, you will find your life transformed in ways you never thought possible. Don't let anybody tell you you need to go look for it. Look for what? Christ is my redemption. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, whatever Jesus did, everything he did in his death, burial, and resurrection was it an eternity. That's why he tells us that, look, he has perfected us forever. Not for a while, not for a season. If you don't know this truth, you will live otherwise. But the moment you hear messages like this and you believe them, you would know the truth. And once you know the truth, it makes you free. It sets you free. It makes you free. And you are not lost. Neither is anything that is yours. All things are yours. Listen, the spirit realm is based on transactions, legal transactions. Satan knows it. Listen, devil wants what you have. He wanted what Adam have, had. That's why he went after Adam. He wanted what Adam had. He went after him. He had to go legally, albeit deceitfully, by making them think they needed something which they already had. And the moment they confessed they didn't have it and needed it, they lost it. Until they said they didn't have it, they couldn't lose it. And losing it there is not as if really that it, the devil took a hold of it. No. Just like the devil taking over from Adam doesn't mean that he now got the crown. No. It means that now he came into the picture whereas it was just Adam and God doing their thing. Now the devil has forced himself in between them so that Adam now has was made to think he had to go through the devil because the devil seems to be the bearer of good news telling them that look there's still something you need that you don't have you know and once they believed him that means one they fell why because they believed the lie that they didn't have what they, they already had so they went in search of what they already had so by going in search of what they already had they left it behind they never got a hold of it because it's never out there. It's always in there with you. The moment you are con con you know, deceived to think that you need to go outside to look for something that God has already given to you on the inside of you, the devil has stripped you and set you on a wild goose chase. The moment you go on that futile chase, Satan is able to control, manipulate you. By doing that, you set him above your head. Now he can use you. He doesn't take the crown. 
He never did. He just got the ability and the permission to do what? To rule over man. And man was given, you know, the whole earth was given to man. So since he couldn't run the earth, he wasn't built to run the earth. What happened was this. He needed to take control of man. So once he controlled man, he made he now controlled the earth through man. Remember the scripture says that to whom you fall. Let me let me put it this way. Um whatever you disobey God for, whatever you say no to God for, that thing becomes your God. Whatever you listen to, whatever you obey becomes your master. It is a law. You find that in the New Testament. It is what? A law. So the moment Adam and his wife, Adam and the woman, the moment they listened to the devil, the serpent, and believed in, instead of God, the serpent became their God. Yes, God tried to, you know, help them and all that, but the serpent took charge by taking responsibility. I believe that was another chance for Adam to get things right, but he missed it when he passed the responsibility to the woman and the woman passed it to the serpent and the serpent didn't argue. God didn't even ask him any questions, just cursed him. The moment the, both of them passed the responsibility, they passed the buck to the serpent, the serpent took charge. All God could do was damage control. The earth had been lost. Man had been lost. Now under the control and power of sin. And the fear of death. The Bible says that they who, who through the fear of death were subject to bondage all their lives. Bondage to sin. The fear of death. And Satan was there manipulating everything. So you have to understand this. This is the will of God. You got to get this. Christ has been made unto us redemption. No loss. I know it sounds somber, but it's the truth. If you believe it, you will see the results. Praise the Lord. That's the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. Father, we thank you. We bless you for this message and those who are listening. Thank you. In Jesus' name. People, listen to this message. It's a powerful one to transform your life if you believe it. Just be saying, Christ has been, once you understand it, just start saying it. Christ has been made unto me. Wisdom has been made unto me. Sanctification has been made unto me. Righteousness has been made unto me. Redemption. That's instant recovery. Because by this revelation you lose nothing thank you father lord so you have to understand this you got to you have to you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free it won't just set you free it will make you free it will keep you free he said my word abide if you abide in my word and my words abide in you 
Do you understand this? The truth cleanses you from all unrighteousness. All Abraham had to do was to believe God. All you have to do is to believe God. Same thing. And it is counted unto you as righteousness. So you need to apply these truths. Once you meditate, you believe it, you confess it, then whatever you think you lost, just say, Father, I thank you for this. It doesn't matter where it is. Just say, Father, I thank you. Never see it as something that is... There's no loss. Once you believe there's no loss, say, Father, I thank you for my days. You thank you. I thank you for my days or my dad and all of that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, people. Thank you. Meditate and listen again and again until you get it. God bless you. Bye.